Hey guys, it's Nolan. Just letting you know before the episode starts that my microphone was a little too loud, but I tried my best to make it work. I hope you can enjoy it nonetheless. Thank you. Hello everybody, I'm Nolan Brewer and welcome to Melody Makers. This is episode 7. Today I'm interviewing Riley Egg. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. <laughs> no worries. Um... He's a musician, composer, singer, and producer. He has his own music like Live, Die, Feelings, and he's also part of other bands as well. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Nolan. Um, my name is uh, Riley. I go by Riley Harrison usually just because the last name's tough. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked. I'm working on a project right now. I've, I've worked on some other projects and been in some bands in the Tacoma, Washington area. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. No problem. I'm excited. How did you start get, getting into music? That's a great question. Um, my dad played guitar growing up and i was like man i want to know how to do that so i think it was like my seventh birthday that my dad bought me a guitar uh, we went into guitar center and i was tiny and so we got like a little like three-quarter size olympia guitar and i picked it up and i just like never put it down um and then i kind of found my voice through that process um and then just picked up piano along the way and the rest is kind of history. I think I, I got GarageBand on the iPad and started recording little beats and loops and just having fun. And then um, at some point, I just kept doing it until here I am. Well, I'm glad you kept doing it. And GarageBand is crazy, by the way. It's just insane how a free program like that can just, you know, it get, it's gotten so many musicians started with their careers. Yeah, you really can do so much on it and it like it introduces you to so many concepts that like you can then kind of build on in other DAWs later, but like you can do like most of what you need in GarageBand. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I I went to Italy recently for a trip for about 5 weeks and I was really missing my my setup at home, but yeah. I downloaded GarageBand in the middle of the trip and I made a few songs on it on some trains and it was just so fun to do. Oh, I bet. Were you using it on a laptop? Actually, it's on my phone. Like, oh, nice. It's GarageBand for your phone. So cool. Dude. Yeah. I love that you can do that. It's awesome. And you can even download plugins and stuff too. It's, it's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> what got you into singing? Oh, man. I think I was probably like 11 or 12 when i got invited to this guy he has like a, he was like a super hobbyist he just invested like thousands of dollars into his home studio and so he invited us over because he was like desperate for musicians to like actually do something in his studio because he didn't like play music <laughs> or sing and so we were like we made this really dope beat but no one wanted to sing so i was like okay i'll sing and i was like really timid um and it was like i don't know just I personally love like overcoming challenges and there's something that's really scary about singing in front of people. If you've ever like sung in a studio, even by yourself, sometimes yeah. you get nervous. Like I feel a lot better with it now. Um, just having done it. But like, I think realizing like, Whoa, recording in a studio, like singing is so hard. Mm -hmm. I kind of made me just like want to get better at it. Um, I got to totally plug my high school, um, choir teacher totally recruited me and like took my raw talent and like helped me to hone it. Um, for like 
gospel singing, operatic style singing. And I kind of just like found my voice, um, definitely through her. Her name is Allison Ellis. So I got to totally plug her for helping, helping with that part. What do you think your favorite style of singing is? That's so hard. I've always been such an eclectic musician. Um, I think the type of singing that like makes my heart melt is like R&B gospel, probably. Those are always fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that just like tugs on your heartstrings about that kind of smooth, buttery singing that also could just like get so intense at times. It can also be super funky too. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit of jazz influence. Like it's a, it's a fusion of so many really cool styles. Um, but I think like singing like gospel kind of style songs, um, in choir kind of like made me fall in love with that kind of singing. It's not necessarily like the way I always sound, but, um, I got some roots in it at least. (laughs) Would you recommend taking a class for singing or just experimenting on your own? Oh man. I mean like step one is experiment on your own, but if you want, like if that's too intimidating and like you need somewhere to start, like definitely get help. I think like people underestimate, like we see people and we just think, Oh, they're naturally talented. I think that that's very true, but even like the best singers in the world, like they spend so much time honing their craft, practicing runs, practicing like breath work. And it's interesting because singing is like, it's an instrument but we don't think about it like an instrument, like any other instrument you practice. And we, we attribute like there's people with insane natural talent, but we also know that they just practice and practice and practice and enjoyed their instrument. And so, um, whatever way you can find enjoyment in singing, that's my recommendation. If you start with something you enjoy, then you're going to want to do it more and then you'll keep singing and you'll keep growing. And like, you might have to do stuff you don't like to get better too. But, um, I think music is about expression. It's about enjoyment. Um, and like sharing, uh, art. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would say find a way that you enjoy it, but yeah, definitely get help. It really helped me. Like I, I was, I very naturally picked up instruments and like I could sing on key, but I didn't know the right technique to like actually sing the way I wanted to in my head with, and like connect it to my voice. That's where I'm at so, personally. Yeah. It's like, and it, I still run into it to this day, but I think like a teacher can really help you like access like your voice the way you want it to sound or even find your voice. Cause you might be inspired by like, I don't know, some amazing singer, but like your voice doesn't sound the same. And so you have to also kind of find your voice too. So. Yeah. And speaking of what you were saying about talent, I think I saw a video recently and say what you want about Ed Sheeran and his style and everything, but he he was on a talk show and he he showed a recording of when he first started singing, and he had a he had a lot of voice cracks and he was just saying his talent is his hard work, and I think everyone should strive for that. Yeah, yeah. I I think we it's super easy to compare ourselves to people who have like been in a process of growth for years and years and years, and like we might start out and be like, well, I'm never going to be like that. And I think like, that's probably like a bad framework that we tend to like compare ourselves to. We turn on Instagram and we see the person who's way better at singing. And like, it's just a bad framework because it's not what music's about. In my opinion, like it's about sharing and it's about the, I mean, I I'm happy that there's so many unique voices in the world. So many 
like just millions of expressions of music. And I love hearing the stories about people like starting out and not knowing what the heck they're doing. Because <laughs> I totally have those same voice memos. I'm sure you do. Like as a as a songwriter, we all have those like I love I know, just those, those voice memos. And like it's such a cool experience to like hear a finished product that you release and then like stumble across your memo of you just like pigeon scratching some horrible thing that only made sense in your brain. <laughs> It's cool too because then when you get better, if you go back to those recordings, you can like actually turn it into something greater. Right? Yeah. It's it's a musical note for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with Jacob Collier at all, but I saw another video where he was talking and he was saying he was basically talking about if he if he just grabbed if he just reached down to all the parts of himself that he thought were pretty and put that out into the world, then his music wouldn't be good. I feel like it's, it's very important to have your own voice. And even if no one else likes it, as long as it's your own, then that's really the key. Yeah. I think that's so true. I, I totally agree with that. I think, um, especially like, I think that's something that I'm trying to learn as like someone who's self-producing there's a level of honing that you need to have with your music for it to like make sense to your listeners enough that like you can convey a message, but there is also like, there's something where you need to leave some of the rawness even in the performance. Mm. Like if you clean up the vocal too much, if you make uh, everything too perfect and precise, then like people aren't going to feel it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I still want, like, I want the performance to be great and the song to be awesome and all of that. But um, and then, yeah, in the songwriting process too, just like being vulnerable, it's hard, but like, that's kind of the point, you know, being like, um, and expressing like that authentic self, um, rather than like writing to a genre. Like I, I never want to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to write like a song. Maybe that's a great practice. Like I'll write a song in this genre, but I think that like, for me, I always put the art first. And so I'm not like writing to a genre. I'm writing what feels right what sounds right, what expresses the way I'm feeling, and then like let the rest come. And what do you say when someone asks you what genre you make music for? Such a great question. I, I feel like actually I kind of want to tie it back into your last question about finding your voice. I think like I'm young um, and I'm on the older side of 25 and I just turned 26. Um, but I think that give yourself the grace and opportunity to like put out different types of music. If you're someone like me, at least who has eclectic taste, because it might take some time to find your voice. Like it might take, it might take a few songs. It might take a few albums. It might take a few quote unquote failed projects to figure out what you like. Like not everyone like puts out one song or one album and it's just like, yeah, that's exactly the way I wanted it to be. And in my opinion, some of my favorite artists of all time, like, have reinvented themselves every album they put out and like the first time i listened to it i'm like oh i just wanted more of the last album and i'm <laughs> angry and then as i keep re-listening to it i'm like man like they figured out what they wanted to say in this particular album so for me um i would for, to uh, and i think your question was about like um what genre do do i play i think that i'm learning that i have singer songwriter roots that i always want to be in my music um and like, I love the vulnerability and the singer songwriter kind of vibes of people like Bob Dylan 
Mm. Um, John Guerra is one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, but I love using production skills and other instruments to like enhance and fill out a singer songwriter song. But I would love for the performance or like if, if a song is written on a guitar and it's just someone with a guitar and a voice, if I stripped back every other supporting piece of the song, I want that to be there still. So I would say folk singer songwriter alternative rock. That's kind of where I fall, but it's, I definitely lean towards gospel folk sometimes. Uh, I lean towards pop sometimes. I lean more towards rock sometimes. <laughs> and who are your favorite bands and musicians that you've been listening to? Yeah, I mentioned John Guerra. Um, he's a big uh, influence. Uh, just I love his poetry. Um, another band, or another yeah, another band on the folk side is a band called Towers. It's T A W apostrophe R S. Um, I I am really drawn to bands that are able to write incredible poetry that fits super well with the music. I think that there's there's so, there's bands that like do the music so well and the and the lyrics almost like support the music. Um and there's there's some bands that like the lyrics kind of lead and it's like the music is a support and I just mm. there's some artists to me where there's just like the seamless fusion of lyric and music and towers is one of them for me john Guerra is one of them for me um yeah i'm trying to think those are the two big ones that i kind of have on the top of my head right now do you think lyric writing as a i mean do you think as a lyric writer you should invest your time into re reading poetry and maybe some i don't know hmm maybe like classic books or just, you know, um, trying to find the right words. Books about art, I guess. I don't necessarily think you need to. Um, it's kind of even like there's this, even in like people that are like write novels, like people always say you need to read all the time. Tons of people that have written great books just like wanted to create a story really bad and then they just did it. Um, and so I feel like wherever you find it, you can draw inspiration from anywhere. You can go on a hike, you can play video games, you can <laughs> hang out with friends or my cat's photobombing. Um, you can uh, listen to other great music. You can listen to classical music. You can open up poetry books. You can, you know, old poetry, modern poetry. I think there's obviously like you can hone your craft and poetry. And I, I don't want to steer people away from that. I've just always kind of been on the side of like, I like raw, real, honest art. And like, so definitely like study if you feel like you need help in that area. And I don't think it would hurt at all. But as far as like actual real authentic stuff, just like say what you feel and then figure out how to make it work with the music and then go from there. It's really just a bunch of experimentation. Yeah. And it really helps if you enjoy it. Like you have to reach a point where you enjoy it. Like that's why I always say like people want to learn guitar. How'd you do it? I'm like, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed playing, you know, a G chord really horribly <laughs> thousands of times. Yeah. And like, you just kind of, kind of be childlike about it. And I, so I feel like the same way with poetry, like whether it's hard stuff that you're writing about or deep stuff or little things, just like have fun writing. And like, if you have fun while you're doing it and you express yourself and it, like, it means something to you, then it'll probably help or encourage someone else. 
Do you ever use the notes app on your phone? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I've used Google keep for a really long time. I used Android for a super long time. I used an iPhone now. Um, maybe I lose some listeners letting them know I have an Android pass. <laughs> um, and yeah, I keep, I totally use that. Like some of my best poems I've ever written. I just was like at the grocery store, like the thought popped into my head and I'm just like texting away on my phone, filling out a notepad. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. How these phones, you have, you basically have a whole journal in your pocket at all times. And it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. What has been a significant learning experience you've had that helped you grow as an artist? Oh man. It's a great question. There's definitely been a lot. No rush, by the way. Yeah. No, it's just such a great question. I, uh, I don't know how to point to something specifically like learning is such a process. And I think it's easy to like look back in hindsight and go, Oh, this is what it was. But I think like it, where I'm at right now, I feel like I had plateaued for a long time, like specifically in production skills. And recently I just kind of jumped back into that world and I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know if it was just like giving it some time and letting myself be in the place that I was at before. I was focusing a lot more on singer songwriter songwriting, just expressing myself at the piano, like totally away from recording. And then I don't know, just coming back to it, like something just clicked. Um, and I had like a deep hunger and desire to learn. I just like voraciously just watched YouTube videos and, tried stuff and experimented and I don't know it was almost just like stuff that I was like fighting to learn about just like made sense just because I kept trying it um so it's hard to point to like one learning moment because I've had like thousands in the last three months just like endless 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 learning from trying and I'm so thankful that it's been like kind of a breakthrough couple months for me um Definitely like lots of hard stuff, banging my head against the wall and like working all day on a song and realizing that all I did was like move some knobs around and it sounds worse than before. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, but you have to do that, right? You got to do it. You got to do it to realize that like, oh, I wasn't having fun. Like I was just moving knobs around, like trying mm. to get a job done versus like, I don't know, like if it's stupid, like something I've learned is like, now that I'm for more familiar with DAWs and like the recording process, at least like I'm finding my own process, I make a point to actually have fun doing it. Like before it was like, I wrote this really cool song. I don't know. When I was a kid, I think I had more fun because it was just silly, but I'm like this project that I'm working on, I really care about it. And so it, you know, it's, it can be easy to be really serious about it. Like I got to nail this vocal take. I got to get this perfect. And so now what I try to do is like set the stage for whatever process I'm in, like light a candle, set the mood, turn the lights down. Like I'm going to really sing this vocal and like get into it so that if someone was in the room in the studio, like they would feel something and it wouldn't be robotic. So I don't know. That's, that's what I'm learning. I think if I would, I guess if I were to point to one thing that I've learned, it's that like, you need to have fun even doing the stuff that's like hard or scary. And so like do the stuff that's hard and scary enough that it's not hard and scary anymore. And you can just have fun doing it. Even Maybe it's not the funnest task in the world, but for the stuff that matters at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like me with this podcast, actually, I'm really scared of a lot of social situations. 
I have a lot of anxiety about it, but I've been doing this podcast and it's actually been helping me a lot with that stuff. And it's just yeah. so, it's just take your time and invest a lot of effort as well. Yeah. That's cool. It's, I, I really do think that like the, I feel like so much of the fear of something is like the unknown of it. And so once you've like got, I mean, you're on number seven is what you said. Like once you've gotten some of these under your belt, I'm sure that it like it's, you start to know what it's going to look like and then be less stressed about it and enjoy it more. Right. Yeah. And cool. there's an interviewer named Nardwar. I'm not sure if you're oh, familiar yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. I he's think so he's great. Yeah. He's awesome. He did a Ted talk once, I think where he talked about being nervous is actually a good thing because that shows you're excited about something. Yeah. He's so true. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's amazing. he is. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, like I definitely am like a nervous performer and it, it fades away after I get into the moment. Um, and so people always wonder like, how, why are you so good at it? I'm like, I don't know, man. I was like stressing out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because no one else notices, but you. Yeah, totally. But it's really important to like, what, like that Nardwar quote that you're talking about to shape the narrative for yourself to be like, yeah, I'm nervous. Maybe some of it's negative, but also like I'm doing something I really want to do. And so just like lean into the excitement and energy and enjoy the thrill and I don't know, enjoy the ride, right? <laughs> for sure, yeah. What was the first project you ever worked on? Has your creative process changed since then? Wow, that's a great question. Um, man, I have so many, like, failed is such a strong word, but I'll just use it because I'm not afraid of failure. I mean, I am. I'm a human, but like, <laughs> I'm learning to not be as afraid anymore. Um, I, I was trying to work on this EP for a while um, called Ocean Deep. Uh, I never finished it. Um, I still have the demos and I have like the mock of it, but I just never felt like it was like ready to release. Uh, in hindsight, I probably should have just put it out, just let people listen to it, whatever. But um, my process has definitely changed. Like, um, Yeah, Ocean Deep is probably the first one, um, the first kind of like EP that I worked on. Some of the songs I still want to release as singles in the future. Maybe I'll re like now that I have some more production skills, I'll come back to it. Um, my production process has definitely changed. It, I think the biggest thing that's changed is I was really overwhelmed by how much there is to do on an album project, and like after you get the initial creative spark. For me, it was always like a rough demo. I never knew how to take that rough demo and like hone it into something better. And when I tried, I would like try to re-record the guitar, the add mistakes, it would like lose the vibe. So it'd be like, it would sound more like clean, but it would be kind of dead, if that mm. makes sense. And so as I've learned to be a better recording artist, um, get better performances up front. I'm having to re-record my own songs less. And when you do that, um, you kind of like maintain the spark that you found in the studio. And so for me, a lot of it literally is just like slowing down during the recording process. And then there's way, way less mixing to do at the end and way less re-recording. Cause that's hard. Like you re-record your mistakes and then like it changes the vibe of the whole song and then you have to re-record the piano and then you have to re-record the horns and like it's just this cascading effect that like feels so overwhelming um 
so yeah, I feel like my process has changed. It's, it's slowed down. I don't force myself to record or like do something if I'm not feeling it. Cause it's probably not going to be good. So, um, yeah, that's, I think those are the biggest things that have changed. Yeah. That reminds me of a passage I read in Rick Rubin's book. He's talked about basically you don't want to force recording something that because this isn't, I mean, he didn't talk about this specifically, but I've learned that you don't want to force an idea. You kind of want to work. You want to, you want to have the idea and then think about it for a while. And you want to, you don't want to lose that original spark, but you still want to work on the ideas that you're trying to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think like, do more I, I'm learning to do more in the songwriting process too. And like you can use a DIW as a songwriting tool one hundred percent. But like um knowing when to stop doing that and then go, okay, now I'm gonna record the song, take a step back, figure out how to like capture the spark and the feeling that you have. That's really hard as a self like recording artist. It's really, I mean, if you can pay someone or if you have like a relationship with a great producer, then like, that's awesome. I, I hope that you can find that. It's not easy. Um, it's also very expensive most of the time. Um, but like, it's hard to be objective with yourself, but giving yourself like a chance to like switch hats is what I found to be really helpful. Like now it's recording time. Um, and so the more pre-work you've done in the song, the more that like the easier it's going to be later. So like, like you said, with the voice memos, like use your voice memos to like, capture the spark you'll always have it but then like now do it in your daw as like a i'm gonna be a recording engineer hat now <laughs> <laughs> yeah also um sorry to interrupt but apparently we have i don't have a pro zoom apparently okay and it says there's a remaining meeting time oh okay i have it so if we need to jump back on and like start the recording again you can splice it together we can do that too yeah and we're back sorry about that everybody we had a big technical difficulty on zoom's part (laughs) (laughs) and do you remember what we were talking about at all i don't really remember it's my fault i i remember the last thing that we talked about was kind of what you asked me about kind of what i've learned um and i was talking about putting on my recording engineer hat uh like actually having like a clean line of separation between like when I'm songwriting and when I'm recording. <laughs> Do you think that putting on the hat has changed how you work with other people as well? Oh, a hundred percent. Like learning now I know how to record myself better. Uh, it helps me know how to record other people better as well. So like, actually taking the time to invest like oh what does it actually take to become a recording engineer and like i have so much to learn in that area but like even by just learning some of the basics i've like 10x the way that my music sounds because before i was like trying to mix and fiddle with bad recordings and so like even if the vibe was there like just learning to get better recordings up front that helps and like you can use that as a skill like production skills for other people um without like charging them insane horrible prices like being a good person <laughs> that feels like, obviously like charge what you're worth too but um I, that, that's fun 
That's actually why places like Fiverr are so handy sometimes. You can find a lot of people like that, and they don't really charge a lot of money for it. Yeah, that's true. And there's like a lot of really cool niches too. Like if you want to find mastering engineers for metal music, like metal <laughs> yeah. core or something, like you can find like the very specific thing that people are passionate about. It'd be a little difficult to do that otherwise. Yeah, right? Yeah. But I'm always a big proponent of like, if you can learn it, invest the time in yourself. Like that's not only will you be have skills that can help other people, but you'll probably save money and learn a lot in the process. So for sure. Yeah. What has been your favorite song to sing on so far? Ooh. That's so, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> there is a, this is maybe a cheat answer, but there's a song that I'm working on on my my new album that hasn't been released. Yet. It's called "You Are Faithful," and at the end, there's like a polyphonic kind of like a choir piece where I get to sing like an eight part choir by myself, <laughs> and that's probably my favorite. I love choral music. Like I told you a little bit about my my high school choir teacher, and so like incorporating some of that like classical choir stuff into like a rock song is like one of my favorite things ever. So that one's my favorite because I get to like do a little bit of my eclectic music taste at the end of one of my songs. <laughs> that sounds really exciting. <laughs> do you know when you plan on releasing your next album? Mm, I don't want to date myself too much, but I would love for it to be done like in the spring, early summer. Um, I'm very close. Like I have some songs that are like just basically done. Um, but I'm in the stage now where I have, I have like rough mixes of every song on the album except two. Um, so I got to get those finished. Um, and then I'm just going to be in like getting them mastered and um, making them sound cohesive with each other, which I've done some work on already. So I'm just, it's just all got to kind of come together. So it's a little bit out, but I'll also release some singles before I put the album out. I'm probably going to do two singles and then I'll drop the album. Nice. So, I'm so stoked to hear that. Thanks. <laughs> have there been any difficult challenges you'd have, you've had to overcome as a musician? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I would say like as a musician, um, honestly, like life, um, life is, is hard to overcome. Uh, at times I think that like uh, some of the artists that we some of the best artists in the world that we look at are, are those that have struggled with mental health issues or people that have had real lives um, real heartache real trauma real stuff and like um, I've been through those kinds of things like I've gone through chronic pain issues I've gone through seasons where I haven't really been able to write or record and come out on the other side of better musicians still um, and so I think uh, giving yourself, like I've said this before, like give yourself the grace to, I think I said it at least, but if I haven't, it's because I'm telling everyone, give yourself like the grace to be in the season and the place you're at. And if that's like singer songwriter time in your life, like just lead into it, enjoy it. Um, and I trust that like, if you keep writing music and you keep believing in yourself and investing in yourself, that like something good will happen. And by the end of it, you're going to have something you're proud of no matter what. Come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It might not look like what you like 
perfect like it might not look like the perfect goal that you like pinned on your board it might too like that's really cool like a, this album is like probably one of the first projects where i like this is my goal and like i'm gonna do it and i feel like it's actually gonna happen for one of the first times but like all those other learning processes all the other fails all the life that i've been through is like led me to a place where i feel like i can actually do this now and so um don't hate on yourself if you're in a season where like you feel like you can't complete a project just like try to complete something complete a song even if it's like a bad song whatever we got to write bad songs like we got to write fun songs we got to just get it out so many of the best artists in the world have written so many bad songs um and that's part of the reason why they've had some good ones too because <laughs> they just had fun writing music <laughs> I know when I started out, I wrote, I feel so bad for my friends because <laughs> I shared them all my songs and it was probably some of the worst things they've ever heard. But I'm sure it was fun, right? It's like, yeah, look back, it's easy to hate on yourself. But at the same time, like, I'm sure you were having a blast, right? Yeah. And you didn't really care. You were just doing it to have fun. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's what it's about. That's totally what it's about. Yeah. I think I, I mean, I still do that now. I, I'm sometimes I'll make songs and even if they aren't great, that's okay. Cause you don't have to release everything. You just yeah. make stuff. Yeah. just make it. You don't have to. Yeah. That's, that's totally true. Like I am a ceramic artist as well. And like, not everything makes it to the show. Not everything makes it into the gallery. Like they don't got to see <laughs> some of the stuff that I'm making in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> that's just for me. <laughs> I think part of the reason, honestly, why we, why we think this way is cause I feel like in modern times with social media and everything, we want, for some reason, we want everyone to know everything about us and everything that we're doing at all times. I feel like that's changed a lot of the way that artists interact with the world around them. Yeah. Yeah, it really has, hasn't it? Like the model was more like you write an album and then you tour the album, take a break, write another album through the album put out you know and now like even with platforms like spotify and apple music social media like the the game has totally changed for the for better or for worse right um but like setting limits but also not being too afraid to share and have fun like um definitely like an area i need to grow in but at the same time like I got to focus on the art I'm making and once I'm done with it, then I'll do more social media stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're doing great already on social media. You have around 500 followers on Instagram, I think. So I think that's a good start. Yeah. And I don't know. Try to have fun with it. Try not to be too serious. Experiment there too. Like make some videos that you're passionate about and they might flop and you might make a stupid video and it goes viral. You never know. So just <laughs> experiment, have fun. Get used to putting the camera in your face. Yes. <laughs> That's what I saw about putting a camera in your face. <laughs> Maybe a microphone. I'd be better if someone just put a microphone in my face and was like, sing a song. <laughs> that would be like, that's heaven for me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of your job, so. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What is the biggest fear you've had to face as a musician? This might be stupid. You might relate. Let me know. Let me know other artists that listen to this podcast. Um, 
let me let me know dolan uh for <laughs> me it's like when i write something good or i record something good i have this moment of elation where i'm just like yes this is the best feeling ever i achieved something that i never thought i could achieve Woo-ha-ha, the world is mine i've conquered the world and then <laughs> there's just this fear that creeps in which is like you'll never be able to do it again <laughs> I don't know if that's just me, but I'm like, I'm never going to be able to repeat that. Like that was magic, you know? Yeah, so I, definitely. I definitely that's relate. My, it's my biggest fear. It's like, I'm irrelevant now. I've created <laughs> my, I, I peaked when I did musical theater in high school and I'll never do anything cool again. <laughs> it's, you know, it's bad when you think you've peaked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but that's what I just going back to like my big point, which is just give yourself the grace to be in the season you're at and like keep investing in yourself wherever you're at, whether, you know, and where, whatever that like scene lo- looks like, if you don't have access to a big studio, then like write stuff on an iPhone, you know, like do you garage band on an iPhone? <laughs> just it's, like, yeah, <laughs> really just do, you can do so many, you can do infinite amounts of things with whatever you have these days. Cause Everyone has a phone. Everyone probably has some kind of computer. And if you don't, that's okay because you have a phone. So it's like, it's crazy. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And I don't know. The way I think about it now too is that like those things are like an instrument. Like if I decided I was going to write an album on an iPhone, like it would probably be super funky and fun and like never turn out the same. It'd be like using you know, a Rhodes versus using a grand piano to write an album. Like I could play all the same stuff, but it would turn out so different. So like use the equipment you have, like don't let other people like gatekeep the knowledge and tell you like you have to use Ableton or you have to use a logic pro if you want to make good music. Like I hear that all the time, by the way. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, oh, you know, I think a lot of one I hear a lot is like, well, logic pro is like not a good DAW. I use logic pro quite a bit. It's like, you got to use pro tools or whatever. And I'm like, like people made great music before those like digital interfaces even existed so like (laughs) the the people that are innovating and that are at the front of music are usually the people that like are making the like the the rules are being shaped around those innovators anyway so just like innovate have fun make music with whatever you got (laughs) people have made great music using GarageBand too oh i bet Actually, I think I'm going to look it up really quick. I think there was a, there's an album that was, it was by some musician that I forget who. One second. I think apparently Pride by Kendrick Lamar. Oh, crazy. Was made using GarageBand. GarageBand? Yeah. If the, think, if this source is accurate, yeah. But I mean, good. That's crazy, right? It's, it's insane. I I think when GarageBand for iPad came out, I, this is another unverified source that we might want to look up on the spot <laughs> or just toss out. But I think I remember that the Gorillas came out with like an EP that they wrote while they were touring, and they did the whole thing on GarageBand for iPad, or at least they did some songs. Yeah, yeah. I see a, a medium article that talks about it. There you go. Right. I like the girls have like, they come out with so many hits and like, I, I recently watched the producer, like one of the producers for the gorillas and like one of their most famous songs. I think it's like Clint Eastwood. Right. 
boom, bop, bop, yeah, boom. yeah. And the guy, he like he presses the preset on like a like a like a toy piano or something. <laughs> he presses a preset and it's like boom, bop, bop, boom. But like they just sampled the toy like piano and made like an <laughs> absolute hit song that was like blowing up the whole world. <laughs> That's just yeah. That's awesome, but it's hilarious. So don't Man. let anyone tell you you can't lose loops if you don't want to, because that's basically a loop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I do it all the time, too. I, I have Splice, actually, and it's it's actually really good. Oh, There's yeah. so many great samples on there. I, I've never used it. I, I've, I mean, I've looked into it, but I've never used it. What What do you love about it? Like, I think I like the, the, search, the search functions on it, because if you want to, you can search different you can search specifically the kind of sample you want you can search for maybe a house drum loop or maybe some kind of funk guitar loop or even a one note sample that you can turn into your own melody right it's like i know a lot of people talk about samples and how it could be i mean it definitely can make you a little lazy it's made me a little lazy in the past too but yeah it can also be used as a creative tool. And I think yeah. with anything else, you should want that to be an option. Yeah. I guess that totally makes sense too. Like if you're not wanting, yeah, I mean, you have access to so many sounds and I mean, you could always like you're saying like grab a one bar or even like a bigger one and just like splice it up. Pun intended, I guess. Pun <laughs> <laughs> intended. <laughs> pull it into a sampler right <laughs> you should sample the button as a song <laughs> yes you should add that to the show like you know press the button on your sampler <laughs> <laughs> i should i should get one of the streamer decks and i just press the button oh so good you can get, like crowd sounds or like wah, 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 like the, the siren <laughs> or if there's any awkward silence Womp, womp, womp. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> you could just have me on your podcast. Like, you know how um, some like late night shows, they have like the supporting person who like every, every once in a while, go, I'll just be like off screen and I'll just make sound effects. Like I said, <laughs> it's my dream to like just be in front of a mic. So I'll be like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> That's such a, I wonder who, who first did that sound, you know? Like, I wonder where that sound came from. Yeah, because it just lives in our heads. Rent free. It really does. <laughs> We've been, uh, this whole generation has been advertised to so much. I feel like we have so many like, <laughs> jingles and like songs. For me, like I have ADHD, and so I always me have too. like 10 songs in my head at the same time. I don't know if that happens to you, but for me, I always have like music happening in my head, and it's not always <laughs> the same song. <laughs> you, should, you should see me at my work, dude, because everyone gets annoyed at me, I feel like, because I'm I'm, it's always karaoke night for me at work. I'm always singing. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. That's where good songs come from, right? You're just like singing something random and run into something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like you should love it. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, going back to the questions now. How could someone aim towards getting their first gig? I guess it depends on what you're trying to get a gig in. Um, are you thinking more like songwriting production or like playing in a band or any of it? Any of it. Yeah. I guess it would be different for each area, right? Yeah. 
some of the best advice I've ever heard is just be available. Like some there's there's probably people better than you. Like if you want to play that game of like, you know, oh, I'm not the best and like never put yourself out there. Like, let's just put it like this. There's plenty of people that are better than me. There's plenty of people that are better than you. Like there's people. But there's also people who are worse than you. Sure. Yeah. And like (laughs) rather than like ranking yourself in that system, just be available. Just be like, yo, I can play guitar for your show. Be happy to help. Like put yourself out there. And I feel like there's definitely people that get more work and they work on more projects because they're just that person who's willing to collaborate. They're nice. They're on time. Um, and they put themselves out there. So I, I think for me, it's just like be available if you, if that's the kind of work you want to do. Right. And I'm sure it's harder for each area. Like maybe if you're an audio mixer, maybe it might be harder to find those types of gigs because a lot of places typically like restaurants, especially they usually have live instruments and they don't really require a mixing and engineer. Yeah. But I think with social media, like what we were talking about earlier, I think it actually can be a good tool to get you those opportunities. Yeah. I would say, yeah, definitely social channels. Um, I think another one that like is probably pretty underrated that I'm trying to do more now, which is as like a producer is just like produce your friends produce. Like if you have other artist friends, like do some work for free, don't undersell yourself, but also like if you don't have like a client list yet, just be like, yo, Chad, I want to produce your song. Like <laughs> get in the studio. Let's have some fun. And like, just produce a song for free. And like, then that's like social content. That's like building relationships. That's learning together. And then once you've done that and you feel confident, then like, you know, not only can this person vouch for you and like your process, but you can start building confidence in yourself and then start charging money if you want. So I would say like, just like work on stuff. That's what you do. Like in the coding world, like same thing is like build a portfolio, work on free stuff, work, build like mock Twitter or discord. Like, I think it's the same thing with music. Oh, did your cat do that? <laughs> my cat just like knocked over my <laughs> Earthquake. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. yeah, work on work on stuff for free. Um don't sure. undersell yourself. Like don't don't do that forever. But like if you don't have a portfolio and you're yeah. learning, like totally work on stuff for free. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Cute cat. This is Momo. Aw. You gonna sing, bud? Is he on your next album? Um, honestly, they probably have been because sometimes if I've been in the studio too long, they stand outside the door and whine. <laughs> so there's actually I worked on this one song. I had this toddler come in my studio. I think he's like three or four, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I want to write a song." And so I was like, "Heck yeah, man, we're gonna write a song." His name's Hawthorne, and uh, his song was about going on an adventure up a mountain without his mom. And, um, I asked him like, is it sad or is it like, is it good? And he's like, both. So I was like, man, this, guy, like, this guy got some emotion in there. So we recorded this song and like, um, he was like, I want honey bear to come with me, which is my other cat. And so we grabbed honey bear and she like me out into the microphone and I auto tuned it and like pitched it around and pulled it into like my, uh, sampler and she, um, honey bear totally made the, made the song. So yeah, the cats, they might not make it into my album, but they'll definitely make it on like a weird single here or there. I love that. That's great. (laughs) All right. I think that's it for all of our questions for today. 
Is there anything you'd like to promote before we end the podcast? Um, I mean, stay tuned, definitely. Um, but if you want to listen to the music I got out right now, um, I have a single called Feelings Out um, under my artist name, Riley Harrison. Uh, and then I have like a collaborative singer-songwriter folk project called Sandcastles. Um, and you can listen to my EP called Hope for Summer. So um, take a listen to those. And then if you want to follow me um, on Instagram, I'm Riley Harrison. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm going to hopefully drop that album soon. So if you're interested in the, the music, then definitely give it a follow. I'll let people know on Instagram and other socials. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Riley. Yeah, thank you, Nolan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I had so much fun talking to you. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, and that's going to sum up today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching. This was episode seven of Melody Makers, and stay tuned for more. Bye. See ya.